This is what happens when you invite an expert onto your podcast and the part before they start dishing their expert advice is just too juicy to leave on the cutting room floor. Tracy here. Welcome to season two of the Essential Stepmom podcast. Unconventional advice and inspiration about the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. Why unconventional? Because statistics show that nearly three quarters of step families don't last more than five years. So the conventional wisdom, the general consensus, the status quo are all leading stepmoms straight for the gutter. In this podcast, we look outside the box for better answers, for counterintuitive strategies to help us fight the instincts that don't serve us well and to grow a new parenting reflex that really supports us and everyone else on this crazy journey. This season will feature interviews with some of the most interesting people I know, sharing their outside-the-box expertise as it applies specifically to step families. You're going to hear about modern Buddhism in step parenting, the stress around money in step parenting, new perspectives and insights about bio moms, how to deal with the prospect of never having a child of your own, coping with burnout and adrenal exhaustion, and using the challenges of step parenting to truly become that better version of yourself. Tanya, welcome, and thank you so much for doing this. I I really, really appreciate having you here because you have, I think, a lot to contribute to this discussion. But why don't you introduce yourself um, apart from that, I'll say that we've known each other for like a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's been a long time. Yeah. How old is Keel? He is 14 and a half. Oh, so no way. When he was like six months old, I yeah. think. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to chat today. You're welcome. So tell everybody um, a bit about your background because you have a very deep background in lots of stuff. Okay. Um, Well, I'm currently and have been a holistic nutritionist, a registered nutritionist for almost 15 years. And I'm also a lactation consultant, an IBCLC. And my journey did not start out in health. It started out in um, the legal world. I was working in family law and criminal law, and I had wanted to continue pursuing my journey to becoming a lawyer. My great aunt was the first female judge in Hamilton, Ontario. So I was very um, motivated to kind of follow in those footsteps. Um, but I have a sensitive nature and I'm an empath and absorbing a lot of the um, negative side of working in the legal field. There's lots of beautiful things um, really just impacted my health. Um, and so once I had a diagnosis of uh, severe IBS and the onset of Crohn's disease, I stopped my job right away and I went back to school and I figured out how to heal my body naturally with lots and lots of supportive resources. Um, I've been pretty motivated over the years to um, continue my wellness journey. I've 
been an active runner. I've run a marathon. I walked across Spain and um, was trying to sort of unpack my childhood trauma stuff. And um, I got pregnant the night I got home. I had decided um, I was ready to become a mom. And my husband at the time and I, we really wanted to start our family. And that really uh, changed me becoming a mom. And that journey um, led me to meeting you, to okay. having your support through postpartum mood disorder and uh, miscarriage um, and all of those aspects that have really shaped me deciding to becoming a lactation consultant. So um, yeah, I'm pretty excited to do the work that I do. I know that it's, um, it's very important work and I'm very humbled by the people, um, people's stories when they're sharing them with me and how um, open they are and wanting to heal also. And I think healing just continues. Um, it's a choice. You can continue to heal. Um, you can continue to do your work. And I, I think that's probably something I'll always be committing to doing in my own life, especially now that my kids are 10 and 14. <laughs> wow. I can't believe they're that old already. But something <laughs> just occurred to me while you were talking, um, because the women who you help who are new nursing mothers, I think they they share something with the stepmom audience who are listening to the show. Of course, some of them are actually also new mothers, potentially new nursing mothers. But I think this idea that um, women feel uh, that no one else is having the same kind of difficulty that they're having. And they, mm -hmm. it's really hard to reach out for help because you feel like you're failing in some really fundamental way uh, that has to do with motherhood and womanhood. And I, I know that, that the stepmoms, I'm telling them all the time, you know, like biological mothers go through this too. And they don't, it's really hard for them to understand that if they're not a biological mother, but mm -hmm. you just feel really um, insecure and like nobody else is having the same kind of problems that you're having. Absolutely. And I think, um, I think women have always felt that way in their journeys. And I think, you know, the anxiety piece has continued to increase. And when I look at the research about parenting in 2019, we know from statistical data from 2017, and 2018, that we truly are the most stressed out generation of parents that have ever walked the planet. Like we're more stressed <laughs> out then our grandparents and our great grandparents that parented during world wars were those moms just, they had their community and they had maybe their partners or themselves away from their children. And that's kind of crazy making, but at the same time, I, I get it because I'm also parenting children in this time of social media and feel that anxiety as well. So I'm not a stepmom, but I am remarried and my husband is a step father he doesn't have biological children of his own um, and he was not married before we got before I remarried and married him um, so I feel like I have empathy for stepmoms and step parents and I think through my husband I didn't I was so focused on sort of my own journey and him adjusting to um, our life in a very selfish way, um, not not intentional, but when I became really conscious of it, and more so recently, um, I realized, gosh, like your your job may be harder because 
um, you know, when the shit hits the fan, what it should often does with kids, um, he's, he's the one who takes the brunt of it. He's the one that, uh, is the bad guy, even though they love him and respect him. He's the guy that usually gets, um, the poopy end of the stick a little bit more frequently than, um, their dad and I do. And so I, I, empathy for for women going through because women are already having to do the work and you know step parenting is is hard work and it's it's inner work I imagine as well you bet that's you just hit the nail on the head I want you to share something you told me yesterday (laughs) because I just thought it was wonderful (laughs) about your your daughter's fantasy right yeah so um Our daughter is really struggling right now. We've had a lot of losses in the last um, year and a half in her family, and it's kind of triggered her to experience some separation anxiety. And I feel a little bit more reassured about the situation because our son around the same age kind of had the same thinking around the same age saying, I really just want my parents to get back together. Um, And I think that's quite common for kids when they're hitting puberty in middle school around age 10, 11, maybe even age nine, and maybe at different times in our life. Uh, my parents were separated um, when I was about 14, I guess 15 years old, sorry. And so I get the need and the want for your parents, that fantasy in our heads to get back together. And so she had really like verbalized that very easily in a counseling session. Um, and I will say counseling is something that continues to be a tool that we actively all participate in. So I'll give an example of how my daughter's doing a little bit of counseling right now. My husband and I see a counselor, um, my children's father, and I see a counselor sometimes together. And I feel like um, one of the things I'm most proud about in my life is the co-parenting that we are all able to do. And the gratitude goes towards being able to reach out to counseling. Um, and I think, you know, her going through this is just like, hey, yeah, like, oh, that's kind of normal that you'd want your parents to get back together. Like, I felt like that too. But hey, I still wish that that could happen, right? Um, but I, it's okay to let kids, um, you know, process that. And I think what holds me accountable, I think, with both of the men um, in my life that they are held accountable to because we're doing the inner work and otherwise we're being triggered by some unhealed stuff that we are all still working on because Mm -hmm. that's human nature. We have trauma sometimes in our lives as children or young adults or even as adults and we have to process it so that when our kids are going through hard times and we are being triggered because I I am being triggered um, that it's my responsibility then to process that um, and then I can find my footing to be there for my kids and maybe not everybody works like that but that's how I work and I feel like when I share that with people it maybe makes it not so uncomfortable for them to also say oh she's feeling that okay, I feel like that too, or I feel like this. And it's, you know, we're more likely when we're sharing our stories to remove our shame. Yeah. And the only way I know <laughs> what to do is 
to try and own it and work through it. And that's not looking for a hero status or a medal or a badge. It's just like, that's all I know how to do without losing my mind and going crazy or venting or yelling or screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm interested also for you to tell everybody there, there was a second part of her fantasy that I thought was really interesting companion to wanting her parents to get back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, you know, just the hope and the wish that, and so none of it is sort of um, logical because our brains aren't always logical, but the other piece to that was, you know, wishing that uh, my husband and I could give her another sibling, um, wishing that we could all live together. So all of these desires and these wants about family are all intermixed as she's, as her brain is growing, as she's processing some of the separation anxiety she's feeling. um, And as her hormones are adjusting, coming to terms with hey, I'm not this child-like brain anymore. I'm becoming this other brain that's a little bit more sophisticated that can understand, that's trying to put the puzzle pieces together. How did we all get here, right? How did this all happen? Um, And it's awaking. You know, there's a little bit of broken there. There's a little bit of, you know, angst. There's a little bit of separation a little bit of healing that needs to happen and there's a lot of you know attachment security stuff that we're working on just to reassure her that it's okay to feel all those feelings we're not mad at you for feeling them we kind of wish things had worked out too but here we are (laughs) here we are right now and these are the things that we're going to do to help you and tools we're going to give you to help you process some of that big heavy stuff so i just I found it incredibly um, enlightening to, you know, it's like a little look inside a little person's brain. Mm-hmm. And I think for, for a lot of stepmoms, um, the idea that the kids have a strong feeling that they want their parents to be back together is, mm-hmm. such a, you know, a terrible feeling of rejection for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard not to take it personally And yet, here is a child in that exact situation who both wants her parents to get back together, and she wants you to have another baby with her stepdad. (laughs) Yeah. So, and it's not like that can be happening in a stepmom family too, right? That they, that the kids can push at one moment for, you know, you guys should have a baby. And in the next moment be saying, I wish mom and dad were together again. And it's such a roller coaster of, um, it feels like a roller coaster for the stepmom, maybe, because you feel like they're vacillating between two completely incompatible things. But for the child, in their fantasy, those things aren't incompatible at all. Yeah, and I think that's the really that's where the work lies is that as the step parent, and I can't I can only speak from an empathetic sort of place because I'm not a step parent. Um, but I can only empathize with how that must feel. Um, I don't see it. I don't see um, my husband being triggered. I'm sure in some way it must feel like that, but because their connection time is doing things that they both like, the reassurance for them both is she doesn't need to feel guilty, nor do we want her to feel guilty for feeling that way. Um, And he doesn't need to feel, um, 
so threatened because the relationship is continuing and it's strong and it's kind and it's respectful and it's firm and it's loving um, and it's consistent. And so I feel like the things, some of the tools we've learned from counseling are that kids need structure and they need routine. Um, I have found that, you know, my husband has been such a guiding light for um, their dad and I right now, just giving us sort of a, a bird's eye view of you know, things that he's kind of noticed over the last few years and really has become a little bit of a leader for us all right now as we kind of navigate some of these changes that they're going through. And so I see the step parent as, you know, their role is so important. And oftentimes it feels like, and I think you and I touched on it yesterday, like they're wait, you're waiting as a step parent, you're investing when you can, um, you take the brunt, of course, um, you do your inner work, but there are lots of beautiful moments where like, I don't, I don't know what I would do. And um, I think my children's dad feel it might feel like this too. We don't know what we would do if my husband wasn't there for us both right now, because we both <laughs> felt a little lost. <laughs> right. That's and, like, so great. He's become like the leader, <laughs> the leader right now, like lead us with love, right? Lead us. Sometimes I'm leading. Sometimes your dad is leading. Sometimes he is. It's, we all have strengths and weaknesses. And right now this is my husband's time to lead us all a little bit with a little bit of uh, tough love stuff and making sure the boundaries are very firm, but extremely loving and connected. And, and so the role for the step parent is to stay the course for sure, but also to do the work. And it, I can only imagine that this is the hardest part is not take it personally because nothing about it is because kids are still very much about themselves and their own thinking. And it's not until they're a little bit older where they can kind of see the world outside of their own beings. Um, and that's the hard work is like not taking it personally and getting really grounded to support the kids. When you talk about leadership, this is a really interesting area for me. Um, Mm -hmm. to talk about. And I know what you mean, because we talked mm -hmm. about it a little bit yesterday. But mm -hmm. um, for instance, your husband, the stepdad proposed a, a kind of limit for your kids. Mm -hmm. And you and your husband discussed it and decided to, uh, to put that in place, all three of you. But can you mm -hmm. just talk a little bit about the the discipline idea and how that goes down in your in your household what happens around around the heavy lifting part of parenting yeah that's that's really it's always evolving and changing i think the three of us are on the same page now because um there has been so many hard moments and one of the thing that has held um my children's father and I accountable is early on when we separated, we had had the help of a counselor who acted like a mediator and she very upfront said to us, and we both have a type brains <laughs> some of the time. And she had held us accountable by saying the emotional outcome of your children is dependent, solely dependent on how you guys manage one another going forward. Um, and that hit us and it's been a weight for us and it's held us very grounded to the idea that even when we aren't getting along or haven't been getting along or haven't seen eye to eye in parenting things that we try and compromise and negotiate as best we can. But in those harder moments more recently, um, my husband able to find his voice 
and feel enough confidence in our relationship and the relationship with their dad and the relationship with them to say, actually, um, I feel like you guys are kind of getting run over in these areas. Um, I'm kind of drawing a line in the sand and saying, there's no more. Um, and this is sort of what I'm proposing. And I've, you know, spent a lot of time observing and thinking and not reacting to the situation. And because he handled us so well and his approach wasn't yelling or mean, there was, you know, there's, there was like emotion and passion there for like wanting the kids to thrive. So it, you know, it wasn't about him. It wasn't a reaction of any kind. It was like grounded in the idea that we want these kids to be resilient. We want them to be respectful and responsible. And we can only continue to get that outcome if we call out some of these behaviors, these things that have been allowed in both homes. And a lot of it was to do with electronic use. Um, and so we all agreed and it was, you know, we took two weeks, some back and forth conversations. Everything was very kind and very respectful. There was, you know, we all were, we all, I would say their dad and I more or less were like, oh my gosh, like they're going to lose their minds. And what does this mean? And, you know, we had, we had all sorts of emotional responses. Um, but my husband was pretty grounded in it and I really respected um, his approach because it wasn't reactive. It wasn't blamey. It wasn't um, unkind. So I could see the bigger picture. And I know that's not always easy to do to come to a situ situation and not react to it because we're emotional humans when it comes to our kids. We'll, we'll always put them first and we'll be yeah. protective. But it was truly, you know, the way he approached the situation that made the biggest difference. Um, and so we agreed in both households to the same terms and shared it with the kids who, of course, don't like it. And that's to be expected. But we've held strong on quite a few things in both homes. And I, I know it's difficult to get to that point because it's taken us many years and lots of hard work and counseling to get here. Um, but it is the thing in my life that I would say I'm most proud of. Like the, the work that I do is important, but the emotional work that we're doing for each oh, other this is so it, great and there's so many takeaways important. from this like i just want to <laughs> highlight that this has taken a long time and a lot of hard work and it's not something that you can just snap your fingers and say okay that's how it's supposed to be how come my family isn't working that way it's you it's something that you work towards for a long time and it involved <laughs> it involved counseling it involved professional help in that way and yep. it involved counseling with yourself and your ex-husband, which I know there are some people who say that that's, you know, a really wacky idea because you're not a couple anymore and you don't need counseling to be a couple. But I agree with you. You, you need counseling to um, be able to work out your, your baggage with each other for the benefit of the kids. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Your, your co-parenting strategy, right? Where co-parents will always be yeah. in each other's lives and you get to choose, right? Like it, at the end of the day, you can't control what the other person is doing, but you can control what you're going to do about it. And that can be both beautiful and brutal as Brene Brown said, right? It's brutal. Life is brutal and it's beautiful and it is hard and it's, it's still going to be hard. It will always be hard work. 
Um, but I've, I accept that that is hard work because to me it is the most important work. It's the work of my life are these relationships with these people that I care for. And yeah, yeah like they're the most important people, right? And um, I can't imagine not doing the work. And if people are just starting out on their journey, yes, Tracy's right. Like it's not like you can just magically make it happen. I, I had an idea in my head of um, what I hoped to achieve in our family. Um, my husband maybe had ideas of what he wanted to achieve. Their dad has ideas of what he wants to achieve. And they're not all the same ideas, but the common goal is we want emotionally healthy kids. Um, and, you know, maybe if life hadn't thrown us the crap load baggage of poop that has happened in our family in the last 18 months maybe we wouldn't be here but life has brought us to our knees and I don't want to go lower I, I want us to to rise and be resilient and so do the other men in their lives remind me remind me how many years are you divorced or how many um, are you? 2012 is when everything was like official so it's been seven years seven years and going on eight years yeah and you've been um together with your present husband for mm -hmm. like six two, five yeah right. for we've been married oh. we'll be married for well, we have been married for two years but you were um, together before that yeah we were together for a couple of years before that yeah. as well so, so it's been a while that's just what i want people to yeah. know like it's you're not six months in having all your ducks in a row here you know it no. It really takes some time. And I also want to reflect on the idea that your husband in providing leadership did mm -hmm. not um, boss anybody around. He didn't put this to the kids by himself and expect you to follow along. Mm -hmm. You know, he came up with what, you know, he, he approached you with his observations and with a potential solution for the problem in a, in a very respectful way. And because you guys have done so much work and continue to work so hard on your on yourselves your inner work and your co-parenting relationship you were able to accept that and take some time to digest it and actually put it into place and that's just like magical i think that's the that's the structure that i hope people can um you know it's something to emulate because i think and everybody can strive to get where you are in the sense of of a um of, of a strategy that can work and that has to do with respect for all the parties and it has to do with the step parent not um taking over a discipline role either out of their own need to discipline or because the bio parent uh wishes that someone else would do it for them that that part doesn't work you know he's your husband is encouraging you guys in your parenting and he has a very special role as a loved and respected adult in their life as a parent but you know he's not taking any of your parts away from you and no that's phenomenal and i think we've been able to like lift him up and especially with their dad and him working together 
um, sometimes having to text each other during the day for support and stuff and reassurance like hey I'm not looking over to take over your part or I don't want the kids to think negatively about you you know those kinds of conversations are pretty sacred um, between them and I think you know this came because we had done the we've we've yelled and we've overreacted and we've hung up on each other we may have texted each other we may have not have talked for a few weeks we may have not been at the same games at the same time at the very beginning like it's not like this was always like this it, it's it's a result of doing things the wrong way and the hard way and learning like it's okay to make a mistake it's okay to mess up it's okay to react and apologize like we're human I'll probably still have those moments, right? Um, I'm sure they will too. We don't always have it all together. Um, but we do right now and we have quite some time and it's been building relationships and any relationship has ups and downs and, and these will as well. I'm certain of it. Um, but it's the way we approach each other and it's the way we deal with our own stuff to minimize some of those crazy um you know, really primal reactions of protection and, um, you know, wanting our kids to be safe and not wanting someone to question our parenting because we're already doing that ourselves, right? Like, yeah. I'm wearing No one could really say anything to me that I haven't already said to myself. Um, and that's, I think, pretty normal with the parents I'm working with over the years, too, that we're pretty hard on ourselves. But, um, yeah, I hope it sheds some light for people and I hope people, you know, reach out for support if you're struggling or you're feeling alone or if your partner is unwilling to work with you, there's still lots of magic that you can do on your own. That's just enough and just beautiful. I'm not looking for perfection. I'm aiming for just good enough. And, you know, at the end of the day, our kids just want us to be emotionally happy and healthy. And that can look like different things to different families. Yeah. It sure can. And it does. Yeah. Oh, Tanya, this is fantastic. Thank you yeah. so much for that. Thank you so much for having me on you. today as well. I appreciate it. I'll be back next week with Tanya to share what I thought we were going to talk about today, which is step parent burnout syndrome and some tips for bouncing back when your body has hit rock bottom. This would be a great time to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done that already. That way you'll never miss an episode. Also, some other stepmom out there will really thank you for helping her to stumble across this podcast. You can do that by leaving a rating or a review on iTunes. That's what makes us pop up like magic in the suggested listens. I just love the fact that there are listeners now in 25 countries. If you're the stepmom joining us from Rome, Berlin, Tijuana, or either of the listeners in Christchurch, New Zealand, I would really love to chat with you. Drop me a line at info at Essential Stepmom and let's set up a coffee date.